Hey, BA fam, this episode is sponsored by State Farm. Are you a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Look no further than State Farm. State Farm agents are not just insurance providers. They're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community. They understand the unique challenges of running and protecting a small business. When it comes to small business insurance, State Farm knows what it takes. Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. And we're back. We're back. We're back. We're back. Hey, Mandy. How are you? Hey, Miss Tiffany. We are so, doing a very special midweek recording of Brown Ambition. But we both have something in common. We've got something in common. Um, I heard you won an award. Well, I saw the picture. First of all, let me say that your hair was everything. And that dress was really cute. Oh, thank you very much. Hey, TJ Maxx. Ow, Circa I 2013. Like, <laughs> I was like, oh, look at Mandy. Snatched. Thank you. Um, you know what's funny? So uh, thank you so much. Yes, I was awarded by the National Association of Black Journalists in New York um, for best online investigative story for a story I wrote last year about um, students who were cheated by the Corinthian College, um, Corinthian College uh, for-profit scandal. Um, so really exciting. That story took me like probably two months and I thought I many times like drank myself into a stupor because I was so stressed out. It was a hard story. Um, but it's really nice a year later to get that recognition, especially from NABJ, because they've been my fam for a decade. Ever since I oh. set foot on my college campus, I went straight to NABJ. I signed up, started out as a treasurer, worked my way up. I was president by my junior year. And uh, it's such an amazing um, professional organization, really supportive of more inclusiveness and media. And it couldn't be like more important what NABJ does than times like now um, with what's happening in the news. Yeah. So it was a really nice night. And thank you for mentioning my hair because guess who I ran into? Oh, Miss Jessie herself. Well, not Miss oh. Jessie herself. The founder of Miss Jessie, Miko Branch, was there because she was sponsoring the goodie bag. So, you know, I okay. grabbed a couple goodie bags with her. I was going to say, I might, <laughs> you know what? I don't, these days, I don't know what to put in my locks, but that's awesome. I'm going to tell you a Miss Jessie story later. Oh, okay. She handed me, of course, she's, you know, you know, black women, we are all about the branding. She literally pulled a book out of her purse and was like, here's my latest book. I can't, but I can't. Because that is so me. I'd be like, so you want a bunch of these bracelet or nah? <laughs> <laughs> she was, she was really sweet. I met her through her, her, um, her, one of her sort of publicists. His name is Patrick. And he's mm -hmm. just like, oh, I mean, Patrick's one of these characters who you just feel like you want them to tell you stories all day long. He hosts like mm -hmm. a karaoke night in Harlem like every weekend. He's just he's just one of those people who knows everybody. So um, thank you, Patrick, if you're listening, for introducing us to Miss Miko Branch. And we might try and get her on the show. It may or may oh, not be happening. Awesome. But yeah, that it was awesome. it was lucky that my hair looked okay because there she was in the flesh. 
right? She was yeah. like, I'm just, it's like dentists. They're like, I'm not looking at your teeth. They are looking at your teeth. They are. I have to tell you though, <laughs> I, I started reading her book and then I tried her products from the, the goodie bag um, last night in my hair. And mm-hmm. I have tried every, like all of the shelf products except for like Miss Jessie's because she tends to be more expensive. So I'll get the Shea and the Carol's Daughter and what else have I tried? Everything. Um, and I, But I haven't tried Miss Jessie's stuff. I love it. I don't even, I can't tell you what it's called. It's some kind of curling meringue. It all sounds like dessert. Um, But it was, yeah, like I put it in my curls and you know, I'm like, I'm two years into this transition and I'm struggling to get some parts of my hair want to be curly and some parts are like, you've been beating us with a flat iron for 30 years, so we are going to stay straight. Um, And yeah, like it really defined all my curls. So here's an unofficial plug for whatever Miss Jelly, Miss Jessie is selling because uh, it's, it's good stuff. So I have my own win this week. I too was honored by some brown folks, um, the National Association of Black Accountants, NABA. Hey, NABA. <laughs> so it was really dope because my dad is an accountant and, you know, I teach money stuff. So they gave me um, the Entrepreneur Award, New Jersey's finest entrepreneur. I don't know about all that, but I'll take it. Well, in what context um, did they mean was- fine? No, like just mean they're looking. They're like, fine. Yeah, no, I know. No, I think <laughs> it's such an interesting really description for an award. <laughs> it is. And I thought that was weird. I mean, no, no shade nap. I'm totally excited. But I did was like, I mean, Al, I'll take it. These all take us home. <laughs> got to celebrate themselves. <laughs> you got to put that on your brand now in New Jersey's finest. I know. No, but really the award was for, they're looking for small businesses that, um, you know, not only make a profit, but that are shifting and changing the community for better. So I was like, oh, that's me. That's me. So it was really great because it was just a room. It was in Newark where I live. So that was really nice. And my sister came. So that was really nice as well. Um, I invited her because, you know, Superman is tired of going to these awards where he just sits and says, oh, hi. Yeah, I'm Superman. So <laughs> so she came. So honestly, it was a really nice night. And um, she dressed me as per usual. You She's like, beautiful. Oh, I love that dress. Thank you, JC Penny, honey. I think it was like twenty bucks. Whoa, JC Penny. Yes, I know. And honestly, I was no shade, JC Penny, but let's be real, you were not really known for being fashionable. But she took me um to buy clothes like earlier in the summer and we saw this dress and she's like, You should get it. And I was like, But I don't have any place to wear it. She said, A place will appear. And so I'm glad I bought it because yesterday I didn't know what I was gonna wear and I looked in my closet and there it was with a tag still on it. And so there I was, twenty dollars fly. Hey. That's like <laughs> that's the universe at work right there. Yeah. Don't for- don't use that if you're budgeting. Don't use yeah. that excuse for everything. <laughs> if I buy this buy boat the- if I buy this boat, <laughs> the money to pay for it will appear. <laughs> no. Yeah, no, it was um it was a really great night. So yeah. So two look at us, two awards. Yeah, it's, it's always nice to to be recognized. And um, I was, I were you? Did you have to give a little speech when you won? I did, and so like I just I just talked about how an accountant changed my life, my father, and how what they're doing matters, and how it changes the lives of people who are around them. And you just never know who you're going to touch and who they're going to touch as a result. Leave it to you to make accounting make me want to tear up. <laughs> <laughs> you my just brought was it like, down. That was good. I was like, what? Was like, you get good at this stuff. I was like, hey, you now. <laughs> yeah, I didn't realize I was going to have to give a speech. And they were honoring so many amazing journalists. Rahima Ellis from NBC won the Lifetime Achievement Award that night. She's one of those reporters and anchors who you see all the time. 
but she's like the like the the backbone of some of those NBC news reports and like on her they did a really nice package for her and NBC produced it and they had Lester Holt, Tom Brokaw talking about Rahima Ellis wow. and what was crazy though when when she got up to the stage she was accepting the lifetime achievement award. This woman looks like she is 32, maybe. Maybe mm. 32, maybe 35, like a very wise 35. It's just so she looks so beautiful, so young and she was like just so you know, I'm not done yet. Um, it was it was a really nice speech. It was hard to follow. It was um so there was a woman there who was being honored. I said only black women. Her name is Natasha. Uh, was it Rogers? So her bio read like one Natasha Rogers is a engineer, lawyer, has her MBA, worked at Goldman Sachs. Mandy, I was like, it was like four people in one, and she's 35 years old. And I'm looking at her like, how, houseway? How have you been? <laughs> Me, like, was born and raised in the projects of Newark. And I was like, and I asked her how. She was like, honestly, I was singularly focused on not being broke. Mm. The first, the first in her, in her family to go to college. And she just said, growing up the way I grew up was so traumatizing that I honestly was like, I will not come back. I will not. I will not come back here. That I have to do better. So she said it just motivated her and that she wasn't like like collecting degrees for the fake sake of collecting them. She said that when she wanted to achieve a different goal, they would tell her, well, you need that. And she would just go get it. I feel like you just described what Brown Ambition is all about. For real. She wow. is, honestly. That's she, Brown I mean, Ambition moment right there. Yes. She... And when you meet her, Mandy, just so like, oh, hey, what's up? Like, just you, you clearly she's brilliant. I mean, you don't have an engineering law and and um, MBA from like some of the top schools and just be like some like regular everyday thinking person. She's clearly brilliant, but so down to earth and so nice. And she was honestly like, I'm not going to lie at 35. I'm finally coming up for air. So like, what's going on? Like, what's happening out here in the world? <laughs> <laughs> Are Brian and Delina still together? <laughs> She was like in college. She's like, I didn't. Janet Jackson's pregnant. Um, (laughs) We might be going to Mars. (laughs) Did you see the pictures of Janet with her baby? Yes, I did. Yes, I did. And so I told her, I was like, I took her number. I was like, Don't worry, girl. We're gonna get you. We're gonna get you socialized. But we had such a great conversation about like, you know, like just about life and relationships and just like you know achievement. And it was just such a really good conversation and I just thought to myself this is what I wish more people could see it's just women like her who don't necessarily you're not going to see her in the news or whatever necessarily but she's amazing you know go ahead what was her name it was you know I'm like the worst like let me see if I can find her (laughs) Miss Goldman Sachs (laughs) go ahead Miss Goldman Goldman Sachs I remember her her first name was Natasha and her yeah that's okay we don't I need fr- to put her on blast like that just want to say hi miss yeah. natasha yeah. If you're yeah, listening, thank you for carrying the brown yeah. ambition flag yes and being for being amazing and for she said no matter where she goes she she represents for newark and she she wants to show that there you know there is good here you know because mm. you know how people are about certain cities you know we should share more we have some amazing listeners out there i don't i don't know if miss natasha is a listener but if you guys have little inspirational stories, I mean, feel free to go to brownambition.com, brownambitionpodcast.com, and um, you can just uh, send us your story through the Ask Us Anything form. It's super easy. Just uh, fill out your question and put your email, and bada bing, bada boom, you are in our inbox. Yeah, because we'd love to hear about like people that represent Brown Ambition to you, just because it's it's always good to see that you know outside of the celebrity, there are amazing people that you know that we know. We'd love to honor them. Yes, ma'am. 
And uh, today's show is basically all about you guys. We are finally getting to the questions that we've been putting off. Um, So we have a handful of questions today. So this show is going to be all about you, your money and career questions. And we'd love for you guys to continue sending us to those. Again, you can go to brownambitionpodcast.com, the brand new, fresh looking website that we just redesigned. There is a super easy way to send us questions. It's called the Ask Us Anything form. Just go there, submit your question, and you might hear it on the show. But before we get to questions, I got to hear about FinCon. So FinCon was, it was so different in this way. So you know how usually FinCon's like four or 500 of your closest financial friends, right? For people who don't know, describe the Fin. FinCon is important to me and Tiff because it's where we met in person. Yes. Yes. The Mandy and Tiffany story. FinCon is a finance, it started off as a financial bloggers conference, but it's since grown to a financial content conference. So you get bloggers, writers, speakers, educators, all things money and finance. They kind of gather here once a year and it's all around the country. PT, who is the founder of FinCon, Philip Taylor, he um, decided this year he wanted it to be the biggest year yet. So typically FinCon is between three and 500 folks. And this year it was almost 1,300 or about 1,300. I smokes Mandy honestly I don't think I so like it that. was like that's exactly how the old folks felt we were all like I don't because you know I'm used to going to FinCon and knowing not all the faces but like a good chunk of them yeah so you know this time I went and I was like I don't know you I don't know you I don't know you I mean I don't know you or you oh you either so <laughs> so it was I mean San Diego was beautiful the location that he chose was beautiful everything looked great um so it was that, that, I mean, I felt both good and not good about the amount of people because one, there were so many more brown people. Oh my gosh, Mandy. It was like a plethora of beautiful brown people. Wow. That's a huge change and, from last year. What? And we took over. What? So many of us won Plutus Awards. So Plutus Awards, for those of you who don't know, are like the Emmys for financial educators, writers and stuff like that. And so I think like Tanya won from My Fat Finance, um, Tyan Talent from his and her money, some other Browns one, um, me and, um, Patrice hit the main stage. So right before the keynote, they had something called the big ideas and it was like a TEDx style talk. So I went on Friday, Patrice went on Saturday. I don't think any Brown person has ever hit the stage. So, so to have two this year was like amazing. Um, congrats. We were, thanks. We were, and honestly it was so in that respect, they clearly heard our grumblings from last year about there being a lack of diversity. And this year, they really surged forward and had so many speakers, so many podcasters, so many people there. Oh, I have a picture for you from the podcast uh, movement of like they have our picture right in center and one of their on one of their banners. Oh, word. Um, cool. Mm-hmm, I have a picture to send you. I was like, I got to take it. Send Mandy. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it was just. It was good in that way in that there were way more people like, you know, so people more way more people of color. But it was also I I felt like I lost touch with some of my old FinCon family. Yeah. But like I said, all in all, FinCon was fun. Um, They're having it in Dallas 2017, which is PT's hometown. Mm. Um, Yeah. So I've heard a little whisperings that there might be some shifting in FinCon. Uh I don't know. Yeah. I mean, like, you know. I'm sure he's tired. I don't know. Let me not even say. Let me not even say. Um, <laughs> okay. Are we breaking news or are we breaking news? What's happening here? Because you know Brennan Ambition listeners come to hear about the latest in FinCon drama. I, I, 
That's exactly what they're here for. I know. (laughs) Oh, you're like, who, what? Let's move on. Okay, so yes, that's FinCon news. (laughs) Okay, well, congrats to all the the powerful POCs representing at FinCon. Mm -hmm. The Browns, and yeah, that part was really great to really see like, wow, so many great brown people here doing their thing. And we both, so you're, so today... Um, it's been September. I feel like I don't even know what where it went or like what all happened. Just so much happened in September. Um, but the highlight was that wedding last weekend. These were my best friends. And I'll tell you the quick story of us. It's a romantic story. So <laughs> I've never been in a I've never I've been in my sister's wedding, but it was a very small, intimate wedding. I was the only one standing up with her. This was the first time I was like a bridesmaid in my best friend's wedding. Um, and this is my friend Brian. He and I met so to flashback 2005 hurricane katrina hit um the gulf coast i was a freshman in college i was home in my dorm with a nasty cold and i was like flipping through mtv and i saw an ad looking for volunteers they were going to send to um the gulf coast to like help rebuild after katrina and they were accepting 100 kids from across the country two from each state and they were going to go to the gulf coast uh, mississippi louisiana um and help them rebuild. And I entered, I don't know what possessed me. I entered this this contest and they picked me and another and like a hundred other kids from around the country and we all went. We were all just like babies. It was my first time flying on a plane by myself. I had never really traveled alone before. Um, I had never even gone to like summer camp. I mean, I didn't and I was gonna spend a week with all these strangers. And it ended up being like the single most important week of my life. If I can if I'm I'm not even being that dramatic about it, because the friends I made there were still friends to this day, and Brian was one of the very first people that I met. Um, at in in uh, we were in Biloxi, Mississippi, during that week, and it was just that week is the reason why I became brave enough to travel and travel by, my, by myself and do more volunteering, and it taught me how to be a leader. I, I kept going back every year, and I became a team leader. Um, I mean, just so impactful, and. And not least of which was because of the friendship. So Brian and I met, of course, um, during that trip. And then all my other best friends um, that I that are now all over the country, we all met. And now that we're all older, it's just it's been 10 years. And we're, I was at the I was, you know, part of Brian's wedding. And it just it like hit me when I was standing there watching him get married to his wife, Diana, who's also become a really good friend of mine. And I was like the biggest baby. It was real embarrassing. Aww. I was like doing not even a cute cry, like the ugly cry. Like I had to hide behind, I had to hide behind my bouquet. But it was just, you know, it's such a, I don't know. I've never been in a wedding like that before. It really felt like, damn, like full circle. Yeah. Seeing you, people you love, love each other and get married. And like all, all my other friends from that trip were there. And I don't know. It was, I'm, it's just, it's amazing that we all came this far and we could all be together. It was just beautiful beautiful oh that's really because you're like you know it's like I, I was talking to my best friend the other day i saw her like downtown and she had her son and you know meanwhile i've known drina since middle school and so it still has not hit me that she has a child because it's like you're making that transition in your mind that like people that are no longer 10 can now have kids like you know what i mean like <laughs> and so like whenever i see her with her son like my mind categorizes it is oh, there's Drina with this kid. Like, <laughs> like not her kid. And then she said something, like, I don't know, like, you know, like tickled him or whatever. And then it hit me. I'm like, wait. Meanwhile, the baby is one years old and it's my godson. I'm like, wait, Drina, 
this is your baby. She looked at me like, what is wrong with you? I was like, no, it just hit me. Like, how is this happening? How are we <laughs> procreating? Because it just seems weird when people get married, have kids, people that you've known, like, you know, when you were too young to do those things. And when it happens, making that transition, it's like both emotional, it's cool, it's fun. But yeah, it's a lot. But so I could totally, you know. It's wild. And Brian was like, yeah. he, this is no secret if you know Brian. I love you, Brian. He listens to the show. He's He was one of our early fans. <laughs> he was uh, he he was a little bit of a player back okay. in the day. It's, a, you know, and a little bit of a, a I'm going to use a D word, a little bit of a douche in, in some ways, a lovable douche, but a douche nonetheless. And we had our moments. <laughs> but when I moved to New York City in 2010, he was one of my first first people I called. And he and his uh, cousin, Tran, God, Tran, like they lived in the teeny tiniest. I mean, they called it a two bedroom, but it was like two closets and a hallway. And <laughs> they lived in that teeny tiny apartment. And Brian still was like, you can come stay with us. We have a little Ikea cot. We'll make it work. And I, I stayed there for two weeks. And, um, you know, he would. that's how that's the ASB, like the, the, the love that we had. And that's our friendship. And uh, I'm just really I'm just so happy for them. And it's just uh, and I'm next and that yeah. was also tripping me out because now that they're done now it feels like oh shit I gotta put on the show now because they, <laughs> they did they did it like it was really pretty like there was one picture that I saw that you posted um it was like she, she was kind of like far away and I don't know it was just so beautiful it didn't even look like a real person or wedding it was just beautiful she was a human precious moments doll that's what she was <laughs> yes that's that is what Diana was, this goddess oh who could not think she was less of a goddess. I mean, she she's like so humble. And I'm like, Diana, can you just stop for a second and just like accept that you are the beauty goddess queen that you are right now? Because literally two hours before her wedding, she was ziplining and doing kickball and playing long games and having a cookout. Like that was the whole weekend was like at camp. They had archery and canoeing and all this stuff. It was like so them and just so beautiful. Hey, BA fam, this episode is sponsored by State Farm. Are you a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Look no further than State Farm. State Farm agents are not just insurance providers. They're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community. They understand the unique challenges of running and protecting a small business. When it comes to small business insurance, State Farm knows what it takes. Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. So without further ado, um, I cleaned out the inbox. You guys okay. sent some excellent questions. I picked out a handful of some of my favorite questions. And again, please do not be shy. Send us your questions. Go to brownambitionpodcast.com. There's a super easy form you can fill out there. We love to hear from you guys. And while you're at it, like the page, um, leave us a review on iTunes, you know, just say, hey, tell a friend, do whatever you got to do. Um, it's it's it helps us so much when you share and spread the word about um, brown ambition. Anything you want to add, Tiff? No, <laughs> I'm just listening. Like, okay, because you know me, I'm like when it comes to the communication piece, I'm like I don't remember none of the emails. <laughs> but if you go to Brown Ambition Podcast, 
Com. That's what we're Every- just going to start doing. Just send them directly yes. to our, our website. is so nice now. It has yes. all the information, our social media, our bios, photos, latest episodes. It is your go-to destination for Brown Ambition News. So. Yes, everything's right there. So that I can remember. Yes. Good. <laughs> Got it. Only took us a year, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> no judgment, no judgment. Okay. Um, <laughs> so here are some questions. Here's our first question. Um, nobody told me not to use their names. I'm using the names. I'm sorry. You know, call my lawyer if you're upset. So our first name, our first question is from someone named Kimoy. Hope I'm pronouncing okay. that right. Um, she says, I would really love if you guys can expand on something Tiffany mentioned once about how she did a visualization process to make room for the men, the man in her life. Um, I'd love if you could expand on this and share more tips on how I can prepare for the man in my life. And then my early thirties. And while I don't feel the pressure to have kids and I'm not sure if I want any, I still want to be married and be with the man of my dreams. Thanks in advance. Come away. So come on. So this is what I did. Well, one, I was in my early 30s when I started this. I had reached out to a friend of mine. I, like the budget needs to was starting to take off. But every time I came home, home to an empty house, I was like, oh, this sucks. Like I wasn't really dating. I mean, I was dating, but he wasn't really a great fit. You know how you date some guys that you know, this is not anyone who I'm going to be spending the rest of my life with. This is just for now. And I was tired of for now because when you go home, it's, you're still by yourself. And I was finally ready because I had not seriously dated anyone since my late 20s and on purpose because I was building myself. So I reached out to a friend who was successful. She's married with a child. And I said to her, she's an entrepreneur, um, like, how, how, how did you do it? Or, you know, like, what can I do? Because I feel like, um, you know, everything's going great except for my personal life, my love life, because family was good, friends were good, but my love life was not. And she said, Tiffany, how many hours a day do you work on the budget Nista? I said, I don't know, girl, like all hours. <laughs> and she said, how many hours a day do you work on your relationship? I'm like, well, there is no relationship. What's to work on? She was like, but work on like securing like love. I'm like, well, that's not how it works. She said, it is in your 30s. She said, in your 20s, you know, things can happen a little bit more organically. You don't have to necessarily be as intentional, you know, because I don't know why. I guess you're just like free and open. But she's like, you know, if you're at an age where you're wanting someone in your life and it's not happening as organically as you'd like, you have to put work. If you put a quarter of the work toward your love life that you did toward the budgetista, you'd have someone. And I was like, at first it felt unnatural. Like, I'm not trying to put work Toward it. I want to, you know, walk down the street and bump into someone and I drop my pen and he looks into my eyes and we fall madly in love. But she was just like, good luck with that. And so I thought about it and I said, okay. So one, I realized, she said, even if a man were to come into your life now, is there even space for him? And that resonated with me. I said, you know what? No, there isn't. So first thing I did was something, it seems like weird and corny, but I started creating physical space in my life just to be symbolic. So I started like, like I usually sleep like wild all over the bed and I started sleeping on one side of the bed because Boo was going to sleep on the other. I actually like pushed like some, like I opened up some closet space in my closet. You know, I opened up some space on my dresser just for a sim- like just the symbolism for me was I'm creating physical space in my space for someone. Um, usually like anybody who knows me knows I'm kind of like a tomboy at heart. I mean, I get dressed up to speak, but that is not me. So I usually will leave the house looking like who shot Bob and why. So I stopped doing that. I was like, no, at least 
you don't have to get dressed up, but at least look decent. Like if you see someone, you're not going to like avert your eyes because you know you look crazy. So, and then too, leave the house. I am such a homebody. And I'm like, she's like, Tiffany, the man that you're going to marry is not going to knock on your door, you know, likely anyway, not likely. Um, so I like actually started like leaving because I never, if I wasn't doing budgeting stuff, I would never leave the house. And she was like, no, make it a point. Like go, instead of doing work at home, walk to the cafe in a cute dress and do something there. So I started doing those things. <clears throat> I also started doing what I call mirror work, where I used to look in the mirror every day and tell myself that I was beautiful, amazing, smart. Like before I left the house, there's a mirror right by the door and I would stop in it and say, hey, beautiful, you're amazing, you're smart, you're this, you're that, just to pump myself up. Um, and then I was open to dating non-traditional, like my type. Um, and so, so that's what it like, it all came down to. And then I also started looking like, you know, I started, I'm like so strategic about everything. I really started looking back through my old relationships mentally of like which ones like you know were really great which ones weren't really great and why um how you know who did I feel my best with so I could just be clear about what I was what I was looking for what I was open to to find <clears throat> not like he had to be a doctor lawyer but like he had to be um open to the fact that I work for myself and what that looks like you know I wanted someone who was a giver because I was always dating takers because I'm an overgiver. so I, I was like I'm tired of always feeling depleted so I knew I wanted someone who was a giver and I took the other things off like he has to be African-American he has to look a certain type of way I took those things off and I said what's really really important him being a giver, him being him being naturally kind I was looking for someone who wasn't just nice to me but just nice in general so those are the things I started looking for. And um, oddly enough, the man I ended up being with was uh, someone who I had known from in my 20s. Um, and we were friends. And he randomly hit me up after I started creating all this space. And um, like we went out for like an ice cream kind of like, like date. And I was like, wow, this seems like, what? It just, it just started to like tumble forward. And before I knew it, you know, here we are. And I think I'm pretty sure I'm getting my ring on my birthday. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, this ring saga. <laughs> I know. I don't y'all don't even know. I can't wait to share it all. Once I get it, I can't wait to share all the shenanigans. I'm not fully proud of myself, but I don't care. Y'all know I tell the truth. Um, but yeah, so yeah. you know, I, so I did Yeah. No, I'm just gonna say that that's what I would just suggest is creating mental, physical, and like spiritual space in your life and being open and, and honestly staying ready. I think the know? key is being open. I think all the things you did probably I mean, I don't think, like, I didn't do any of that stuff. But yeah. I think the the being open to it, I think a lot of people get, like, start to feel like, oh, it's never going to happen for me. I'm never going to find him. It didn't work out with the last person. I'm, you know, I'm not this. I'm not that. Men are dogs. Like, and you wrap yourself in that negative energy and then you don't attract anyone because you're repelling them with that negative energy. Um, so I think for me it was... I don't know. I was a little bit different. I, um, I'm also kind of uncomfortable assuming the role of like, I, I've made it. I found a man, you know, like I have so much wisdom to impart. Um, I was a hot mess for a long time. (laughs) I dated and slept with all the wrong people. Well, I mean, some right people, but made mistakes for sure. Moved to New York, had my fun. And I like, you know, had my fun or whatever. And I was, it was around 2012-ish. The, it was, I'll tell you when, it was the fall of 2012. And I was like, you know what? That was cool. I think I'm done. I kind of want a more something serious. I'm ready for 
what I deserve, which is, you know, someone who respects and loves me and like wants to be there um, all the time and, you know, more of like a traditional relationship. And um, I just became really intentional. And I'm not going to say that even worked out so well. Because the first way I became intentional was to start professing my love for guys I was close with already. Um, (laughs) (laughs) It was kind of like the let's just throw something at the wall and see what sticks. (laughs) Hey, you. Love you. You're pretty cute. Love you, too. We're really good friends. We should probably date each other. Um, I'm not going to lie. I did that, too, baby. (laughs) I mean, you got to work your way through your guy friends, right? You got to just go from one to one. Oh, that one's taken. Okay, fine. On to the next one. Oh, we've been friends for a while. (laughs) cute enough you know um yeah, <laughs> yeah so to the to the male friends who it had to endure that for me um I apologize I was going through something but it was necessary like it was almost my you know when I was 14 years or how old was I 15 years old I don't know what it is about, in my brain I'm, I like dare myself to do things when I was 15 years old there was a cute boy in school and I was a new girl in school okay brand new to the school didn't really have any friends super aki and but I had this cute boy and I rode the bus together. I don't even remember his name. And it was around Valentine's Day. And I was like, I'm just going to ask him out. I'm just going to ask him out on Valentine's Day. And I just psyched myself up. I had literally no girlfriends there to like witness or help me or whatever. And I just like went to his locker and I was like, hey, so and so, do you want to go out sometime? <laughs> and he's like, oh, I'm sorry, my girlfriend's over there. And it was like my first, I guess that was my first rejection. And ever since then, I was like, well, okay, I experienced that. I can do anything now. Um, so for oh. me, it was more about like, it was, I just was tired of wait. I always, I always hate waiting for things to come to me in a way. And I just like rather go out there and get the answer right away. Like, are you into me? Do you want to date me? <laughs> You're wait, I'm making myself than- sound crazy. I'm really, no, I really am. I admire. You're way more bold than I am. I'm always like really scared so instead i mean like mandy said it's not like the things i did weren't for the magic of like you know how people tell you like manifestation and i mean to a certain degree i i agree but i'll say this that it was more so to get myself in the mindset to be ready to have what it is that i wanted so i did all those things really not because like i thought to myself oh if i magically sleep on one side of the bed he's gonna come no but it was really like a, a daily reminder of you know, Tiffany, you said you want this, so you have to make space, you know? And so it was more symbolic than anything else. So honestly, <clears throat> I mean, if you're not leaving the house, you know, you need to. Yeah. And, Have, you know, it's all about the energy you put out, you know? Yes. And anyway, to finish my story, after making those wrong prop- <laughs> proposition sounds also like a terrible, I'm my worst advocate. Um, but yeah, hitting, like hitting, striking out. And then I ended up, uh, I had been, all my friends were like, get online, go on OkCupid. It's the shit. Like, you're going to find somebody on OkCupid. Oops, excuse me. Um, I was like, online dating is lame. It's for old people. My mom met my stepdad on like Match.com when it first came out in 2002 or whatever. Um, But I got on there and I tried and it was almost like the list you made. Because on on OkCupid, which I realize now is not the cool website anymore because that's, you know, I feel really old now all the young kids are on tinder and stuff but anyway you put down like you you basically put a list of what you want and you put what you're interested in and they find you people who have that in common already Mm -hmm. um one thing i will say about okc is that when i finally met fiance boo there i messaged him i never went on any dates he was my very first okcupid date and i was on there for a couple a couple of months and i found out only the creepers would message you like it'd be like so and so from new jersey um, who has like a 20% match with you and like whatever <laughs> is wearing like sweatpants and his boxers hanging out. 
in his photo. Um, those guys would message me, but I was like, I just, I can't wait for someone to message me. I have to message the guys I'm interested in. And yeah, I saw his, I saw his page and I, I pinged him and we went on a date, like, I guess a few weeks later and the rest is history. And I know everyone who's online dating probably hates that story because it's not a reflection of how it usually is. Like your first date is, (laughs) I'm actually like, sometimes I'm like, well, damn, I thought I was going to have my whole, you know, sex in the city online dating. I was going to like write a blog about it and then instantly just like found um, Mr. Man. And uh, I mean, took me a while to to realize it was Mr. The Man um, because I was still in like my little, you know, kind of want something serious, kind of not sure phase. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, I think it was all about just me intentionally looking for people who were interested Mm -hmm. in a relationship and stop fooling around with the guys who I knew, you know, were just, you know, out for having fun. Yeah, that I think, honestly, to me, now that I really think about it, that last piece that you just said made the most difference. I stopped dating the guy that was not really like a match. Remember I said I was like dating? I'm like, eh, he was kind of, I used to call him my fake boyfriend. And it was <laughs> like, oh, somebody to hang out with and to like, you know, chill with because like in the meantime, I actually had to dead that because I'm like, Tiffany, like you're not leaving any room for the right guy when you have in the meantime hanging around. So let him go. And even though it was so comfortable, so when I finally let him go, I was able to like, okay, have space and room really for <coughs> Ooh. <laughs> Apparently for coffee. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> that came out of nowhere. Ooh, um I know. So yeah. I don't know. I mean, honestly, there's no one way. I just, you know, open intention and getting out there. Yes, ma'am. Okay. You owe us $1,000 now. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Next question is from Erica. She asks, can you talk about writing goodwill letters to companies to have negative marks removed from your credit report? Have you all done this or know someone who has? I love the show. Your website looks great, too. Thanks, Miss Erica. I will pass that on to our web developer, Miss Terry. Um, Okay, yeah. Uh, Goodwill letters to companies to have negative marks removed from credit reports. You must have dealt with this at some point. I know I have. Yeah. I mean, I'll say this, that you have to remember when you write a goodwill letter that companies are under no obligation to comply because that's really the purpose of the goodwill letters that you're just asking like, hey, because people think this about their credit report that people will tell me this all the time. Hey, Tiffany, I had this negative mark. I was late, but I'm on time now and I'm fully paid up. Why is it still there? I'm like, girl, because it happened. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> the purpose, your credit report is supposed to be a report of what has happened just because you've made better decisions. So that better decision will be reflected along with the fact that at one point you didn't make good decisions. Right. So, you know, so you have to keep that in mind. So the company's not doing anything wrong by keeping your poor decisions on your credit report. You know, after a while they fall off. But if it was just like a few months ago or a couple of years ago, they're likely still going to be there. Now you can write a letter asking that they remove them, especially if you've been on time. This is what I suggest to people is that if you're making like a lump sum payment or paying most of it off, like before you make that payment, making that request like, hey, I'm about to send my lump sum payment. I know I'm late. Can I ask that you do this after I after I submit this payment? And sometimes you can get them to, to agree and then if they agree on paper, like via email or via letter or whatever, and they don't take it off, you can send that to the credit bureaus to say, hey, they agreed to take it off and they have not. 
Yeah, and you should always get a letter, some sort of letter with the agreement. But what were you, what, what you were talking about, making a lump sum payment, is that like a form of settling the debt? Like, do you mean paying the entire thing off? Well, either way. So <clears throat> I find that this, that because that, a, a couple of my friends, to their much to their shame, were actually work for like credit collection agencies. And they told me that if you're either, you know, going to like, let's just say, you know, you owe 30 bucks and for whatever reason you forgot to pay it. So now it's on your credit report and you're just going to go ahead and pay the 30 bucks. So before doing so, working out some sort of deal, because ultimately the credit credit um, people that you owe, they don't care about your credit report and score. They just want their money. So if you're kind of like, you know, not that you're dangling the carrot, but basically you are like, hey, I've got your 30 bucks. Could you guys take this off completely once I give it to you? Like I said, they don't have to, but that's something you could definitely ask. But let's just say you are going to settle because you owe 10000 and you're like, I don't have it. And they've, they've agreed to settle for 3000 So typically, if they're going to settle for $3,000, they are going to want a lump sum. Like no one's trying to settle for 3000 20 bucks a month is what you're paying. Yeah. So, you know, if you're going to settle and you're going to give them that lump sum, ask. Now, the, the more that you're settling for, the more that you're getting off, the less likely they're going to be accommodating. So... You know, if you're if you owe ten and you're going to be paying fifteen hundred, they're probably going to be like, "Girl, you're lucky that you don't have to pay this eighty five hundred. You know, but so the more that you're kind of giving, the more leeway you have to say, "I'm about to send this payment, but I would love in writing for you to say that you'll take this off my credit report." As a result, like I said, you just it's just lump sum just gives you more leeway because there if if I'm paying you month to month, then there's no guarantee that I'm going to finish paying you. So it's like, so why should I take this off? And you're, it's, we have three years until you finish paying, paying this off. No. So I would, I would, you know, I would negotiate with a lump sum payment. And it usually works best if you've already missed a bunch of payments, like when you're in delinquency, because what uh-huh. lenders will do anyway, is they're eventually going to sell your debt to a debt collector. Yep. And they're going to mm-hmm. sell it to them for pennies on the dollar for whatever it was actually worth. So they, this, so sometimes they accept settlements or accept lump sum payments from you because they're probably going to make more money off that lump sum than if they were to sell it to a debt collector. And they know that. Um, but one Exactly. Th- it can be done. What I will say is if it's over a certain amount, I believe you have to, um, that forgiven debt, the amount that they forgive, um, is, um, is treated as taxable income. So you may receive um, a tax yes. form from the lender saying, we forgave you for $10,000. Now you have to report this on your taxes and you may actually have to pay taxes on that money. Um, so it's, it may not be a completely clean break from the debt. So typically it, it's like anything over like $600. But my accountant did tell me if your net worth is zero or negative, then you won't have to. And most people's net worth, like if you're if you're owing that much money, you probably don't have a net worth that's going to um, force you to pay taxes on it. But still, you just never know. That's definitely a possibility. Yes, ma'am. So let's do one more question. Let's see. So this is a super long question. Um, okay. I'll just, all right. So let's do one more question. This was a super okay. long question. I'm just going to get to the, what I think is the, the real crux of her question. And it's from um, someone named Sunny. So Sunny says she's trying to get an apartment. She says her credit, my credit score has remained around 655 for quite some time. I pay all my bills before they're due. I earn over $2,500 per month. Um, recently, I applied for a studio apartment where the rent was just $775 a month with everything included minus electricity. Sunny, where do you live? Because I am moving there. Because <laughs> that is so cheap. Um, she says, however, 
the rental um, company came back to me and declined me. They said because my credit line was so small um, and I never expanded it over the course of, um, you know, using credit and that I would require a cosigner. I don't know what to do. Please help me. So basically, she has a short um, credit history because she waited so long to get her first card. And then when she Mm -hmm. got it, she ran into some issues paying the bills and her score is now around 655. I ran into yeah. something similar. So yeah, that's like like that's like that um because she's like at that place where it's like it's not terrible but it's not that good. It sucks, you know. So part of the question I didn't read, she says, um, "I've never bothered getting more credit because I'm in the habit of couponing, saving, and just buying stuff with cash." And it's almost like in the in the world we live in today, you're almost punished if you don't use credit because you need credit to get good credit. And although using cash can definitely keep, and it's good to use cash because you're staying out of debt, mm-hmm. um, when it comes time to apply for things like apartments, get a car loan, mortgage loan, they want to see a long sort of credit history. So I feel for her. Yeah. And, and it is sucky. This is why I kind of, like, I didn't understand why my dad had me get like a credit card when I was 18 in college. And he was like, but you're not allowed to use it for anything but books. And but it was because and I still have that same credit card. And honestly, the credit limit now is thirty thousand dollars. And I don't even I mean, for me to swipe over a thousand is a lot. And I use it for business and pay it off in full. But I allowed it to expand like that because for that reason, it's because I knew, well, one, you have to have the discipline because you don't want to have a limit of thirty thousand and not have the discipline not to spend thirty thousand. Um, but two, I use it because I wanted to show that like, look, I can manage this level of, of, of credit available to me. So that part sucks. I would just say that, I mean, you can call your, um, your, the person that you have the credit card with and see if you can get an expansion, but know this, that asking for them to increase your credit limit, that might result in a harder inquiry. So ask that, um, because sometimes they have to look into your credit to see if they're going to allot you more credit. And a and a hard inquiry, <clears throat> a hard inquiry um, will temporarily lower your score. It's not for for a super long time. It's kind um, of a trade just, off because you do like it's helping your score by having a larger mm-hmm. line of credit available to you, but then you get that little ping, the little ding on your score from asking mm-hmm. for more money. Um, exactly. I feel like my advice would be okay. So you need a. Co- I understand why they're asking you for a cosigner. Um, rental depart- rental um, companies sometimes, a lot of times, do do credit background checks um, and may ask for a cosigner. If if no one's willing to be a cosigner, you might just need to find another place to go. Or yeah. you can write them a letter. You know, I did this when I first moved to New York. Um, I, I had to put in an application with my landlord and her lawyer, you know, did the credit background check. And I didn't realize I'd never checked my credit before. And my credit score was terrible because... Um, when I was in college, someone opened up a Chase credit card under my name, racked up $12,000 and never paid it. Mm. I never heard about it, never knew about it because I never checked my credit. Um, and that's how I found out. He was like, I can't approve you because this happened. So I had to file disputes with the credit bureaus. And I wrote the landlord a very long letter explaining what happened, showing proof that I filed a dispute. And based on their own, you know, they were just being basically it was up to them and they were nice and they decided to take a you know risk on me. I also sent a letter of referral from a previous landlord who said I'd always paid the rent on time and that I was a good tenant. And I think that yeah. went a long way toward convincing them to accept my application despite the what my credit history showed. Um, so that's one thing you could try. 
Mm-hmm. Either, you know, get some letters of recommendation, write a letter to them explaining what, you know, what your situation is, um, or try and find someone, you know, who you trust and, and who trusts you um, to be a co-signer or, you know, unfortunately, you may have to find somewhere else. Yeah. And the letters do really work. Cause I remember when I went to buy my house, I was like 25 and I didn't have like a whole bunch of like debt and credit and stuff. And so I actually had to get my landlord to write a letter. I had to get it notarized and I had to show like bank statements showing that like, yes, on the first of every month I made my, um, my rent payment for like the last two years. So that helped, that went a long way. Um, because ultimately what they're really doing is trying to figure out, are you the type to pay? Mm-hmm. So if you can, can show them you. that, exactly. If you can show that, that to them through alternative means, then that should be helpful. Yes, Miss Sunny. Good luck to you. I like your name too, Sunny. Miss Sunny. I think it was, a, uh, was a pseudonym, but I like it too. Yeah. We're just going to call you that anyway. <laughs> All right. Our lovely listeners. So, um, we have some sort of sad news, I guess we're going to have one. We're going to be one podcast short for October, yes. I believe Tiffany for exciting reasons. Um, I'm heading to London with my little hermanito, my little brother, um, today for a brother sister trip to London and Miss Tiffany is going to Paris. I'm headed. Yes. And I'm going to Paris and, um, 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 Prague, which I'm super excited about. I leave on next week and I'm like yes I've never been to Paris although I've been to France and so yeah so we will be gallivanting and we won't be able to tape but we will think of you as we enjoy Europe (laughs) (laughs) and we'll come back with some great stories and maybe some croissants yeah well we won't be able to share them with each other maybe with each other (laughs) you'll be there in spirit listeners so (laughs) in the meantime please go to brunambitionpodcast.com send us your questions comments we've gotten a lot of lovely emails from people lately about the show and what it means to them love the emails but we love even more when you take the time and leave us reviews on itunes or wherever you listen stitcher soundcloud leave us a kind note there it lets other people find the show and lets everyone know um, what you already know which is that we yes. are awesome um, you already know. <laughs> and if you don't know, now you know. Now you know. Listeners. I know. I was like, wait. Mm. I, 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 <laughs> <laughs> when I got to that piece, I said, uh-oh. It's too early for all that. Nope. <laughs> You're not going to get me. All right. Well, bon voyage. Um, yeah, wish me luck. It's my. I haven't been to London before. I'm excited. Okay, I think you'll enjoy. I've been twice, and it's not my favorite. Oh, that's right, you hate it. Yeah. Okay, never mind. I'm talking to you about it. (laughs) I did. You have a good trip. All right, bye, girl. The Bigger Pockets portfolio of podcasts are worthy of your investment. We're having a real conversation as real real estate investors. New episodes available every day. It's important to buy where it makes money and not necessarily where you want to travel to. Bigger Pockets on the market, rookie real estate or money podcast. The purpose of flipping is to create more cash so then you can reinvest into other types of properties. The Bigger Pockets podcast on YouTube or wherever you listen.